know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Right now, who took a week off last week. I'm surprised he didn't take today off. Don't you think our next guest would right now Rather be out on a golf course somewhere than talking to you and I. Maybe he is, and that's where he's checking in from. Let's find out if Jeff Logan is calling us from a golf course today. How you hitting him, kid? I, I am not playing golf, but I will tell you during the bye week, I was able to escape out to Palm Springs, and I did find out that golf out there in the month of October is pretty good. You poor guy, Jeff Logan. <laughs> man good for you good Jeez. for you you use the bye week appropriately hey, my friend i just hope your brother who's who's sweating out over that uh uh athletic store over north kent gets to hear that you're going out to palm springs while he's working his you know what off yeah um somebody has to you know do the hard work <laughs> along the way and some of us have earned the right and others are still trying to get there Oh, well, well said, done. Jeff Logan. Well said. Uh, Jeff, the bye week, uh, you know, for you, uh, Buckeyes come back. They've got Iowa at home, a struggling team offensively, but pretty good defensively. And we kind of saw that in the first half, and then the Buckeyes kind of figured things out in the second half. Just your overall thoughts on the win 54-10 over that uh, Iowa squad. Well, I think everybody was kind of uh, shocked that Ohio State was going to be a 30-point favorite going into this game. And you know, I, I think they, they really looked at the strength of this Iowa defense, and I thought we saw that in the first half. And we didn't play a perfect game. Of, of, the, of the first 10 drives that Ohio State had, we only scored one touchdown. Four of those were field goals. We did score a, a defensive score in the game. But the way this team has been going all season long, uh, they capitalize usually in the end zone on most of those drives in the first half. So I think you got to get a lot of credit to this Iowa football team. I was very impressed with them on a defensive side, but that may be the most pathetic excuse for an offensive football team in my entire life. I'm watching the starting quarterback, and I'm thinking, how is this kid still in there? And then they switch quarterbacks, put the other kid in, he uh, fumbles the first snap and throws an interception on the second. And I was like, now I know why he's in there, because this kid sucks more. Right. You know, you always have to look at something in some area that you want to get better at. If there was a bad thing in this game for the Buckeyes, in our standpoint anyway, it was turnovers, Jeff. How do you how do you answer the question of, you know, we're going to go back into practice this week. We've got an away game. We're going to Penn State. They usually give us fits. And yet, you want to work on something. How much do you dictate in practice, if you're Ryan Day, that we've got to protect the ball? Well, I think the, the, the two things that you got to really appreciate in this game is that Ohio State created six turnovers, though we had two. Now, the two that we had were unforgivable. Uh, the first one at the beginning of the game, that is all on C.J. Stroud. He, uh, when he sees that blitz coming right up the middle, he has to do one thing, and that's eat the football and have ball security. That's the number one deal. And then the pass that he threw uh, over the middle that got picked off by their linebacker, that's on on C.J. Stroud as well. Uh, But after that, this young man went 8 for 10 for 181 yards and two touchdowns, 
to eliminate any risk of this game going in the opposite direction. So they'll work on the turnover issue, but I'm, e- I'm even more impressed with the fact that our defense created six takeaways in this game. All right, I got to ask you about Jackson Smith and Jigba if we're talking about negative things, right? Uh, I'm hearing it was a pitch count, but other people who cover the team tell me, well, he, he came up limping again, uh, and only had one catch for seven yards as they brought him back in the game against Iowa. What are you hearing about the availability of Jackson Smith and Jigba for Penn State and beyond? Well, nothing official, but I can tell you from the press box, we were watching and he visibly limped off the field. That was no pitch count, um, and I'm not calling Ryan Day a liar. Um, I'm sure he was on a pitch count for the day, uh, but whether or not he got to 20 plays or not, I don't know. Uh, but even if it was on the 20th play, he walked off the field visibly limping. So I would not be surprised for the future of this young man if they don't put him in bubble wrap the rest of the way and let him uh, get himself ready for the NFL draft. And there's probably not a team in the country – that could lose a receiver like this and not even skip a beat. We have got really good dudes out there uh, in the receiving core. That's my only negative thing about this team this year, Jeff, because when it happened and, uh, you know, talking to a couple of uh, physical therapists and doctors, they said, you really want this thing to heal? He needs to sit for about two and a half months. And then bring him back, because if you try and bring him back, he's going to try and do too much. He's going to tweak it, and then he'll be done for the season. So, And, and yeah. I understand. I, I know the doctors there are great and everything like that, and the kid probably wants to play, but sometimes you as the adult have to go to the kid and say, sorry, you're not playing until the Michigan game or something before that, right before the Michigan game, to give it a try. Yeah, it's a, it is such a tough call, Kenny, and I – you know, I, I look at this, and, and uh, they've got to rely on the medical staff, number one, and Ryan Day will never go against his medical staff. And then, number two, if the medical staff clears him, you've got to look into the kid's heart and, and decide, if it, you know, does this kid really want to get out there and compete? And if he does, with all the facts on the table, I think you've got to give him the chance. So um, I'm not going to blame Ryan Day for putting him out there too early. He had about six weeks of preparation, and if this thing didn't get better in that six-week period of time, uh, he needs to go on the shelf right now, uh, but I hope he remains around the team if, in fact, it's going to go in this direction and continue to offer great leadership uh, for the other receivers that are on this team. Jeff, a couple of weeks ago, Penn State goes into Michigan and gets just destroyed. They're still ranked number 13 in the country right now in the AP line. We look forward to Penn State every year, and when you see this game on the schedule, you just pretty much assume it's going to be a night game, it's going to be a whiteout, but it's not. It's a day game. How does James Franklin get that team ready for an Ohio State team that's just building steam, man? Well, you know, I think he realizes that uh, the only way that they have of being able to quote-unquote save this season because they've already lost to the other uh, elite team on the east, and that is the, the team up north. If they lose this one, then it's going to come right down on James Franklin again that he is Mr. I can win the games I'm supposed to. I can't win the games where I'm the underdog. And Ohio State has won nine of the last ten um, against uh, this uh, Penn State football team. But most of those games have been within a touchdown or two. I mean, they have been close games throughout I am one who is very grateful uh, that this is a noon kick over in State yeah. College and that we don't have to become part 
of that mess over there that they call the whiteout. Yeah, I'm with you, Jeff, 100% with you on that because you make two turnovers like you did against Iowa. Penn State can at least score. We know they can score the ball, right? Defensively, they're not as good as Iowa, but they, they can score the ball. And you saw how it got out of control, uh, you know, a couple of years ago there, Iowa-Purdue games. You make turnovers. Uh, that's how a team gets upset. And so they need to have a clean sheet this week on the road at Penn State and not give that team any hope or any life thinking they have a chance. Don't you agree? Uh, I think you're spot on. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this game this morning, and it's, it's a little reminiscent to me of Alabama going up a week or so ago and playing Tennessee and losing that football game. And the only reason Alabama lost that football game at Tennessee was not because Tennessee was the better team that night. Uh, it's not because Hooker is a better quarterback than, than uh, Bryce Young. It's because Alabama went in there, turned the ball over, had 17 penalties. They didn't deserve to win. If Ohio State goes into State College and acts like Alabama did, they're going to come out with the same result. Could this be maybe the reason they weren't as sharp offensively this past week? And I'm just throwing it out there. Were they looking ahead to that game, thinking Iowa sucks, we're going to beat them? Yeah, their defense is decent, but we'll, we'll score enough points to beat them. And they were peeking ahead to Penn State, yes or no? No, I don't think so, because if it, was, if it was Northwestern we had the week before and we were going to State College, that could be an excuse. But this Iowa defense was so well-respected uh, by okay. the team, they realized that they really had to be good. And then on the defensive side, they also realized mm-hmm. that this offense for Iowa sucked, and this was going to be a great opportunity for them to pitch a shutout. And, oh, by the way, the defense did keep them out of the zone for the entire game. They gave up a field goal. And then, obviously, the scoop and score was the only other touchdown they came up with. Jeff Logan is being brought to us by Logan Sporting Goods in North Canton. Jeff, if I want to nitpick about this last game, and Kenny, I, I don't know if you got to see it or not. The problem, You probably didn't. You were covering the no, McKinley-Masson game. not all of it, yeah. If, there's a, if you want to nitpick, the only thing you can look at this offense, or one of the only things, the rushing attack was not there. What gives? Well, what really gave there was not because of lack of effort or – um, execution, it was the fact that Iowa was run blitzing on 50% of the plays in the first half. They decided they were going to sell out and try and just bring the house. And trying to run into eight and nine guys was absolutely impossible. And so what Ohio State did is they began to adjust, loosen things up a little bit. And remember, you've got to run a little bit to be able to set up that play-action pass. And when they turned the switch on and said to uh, C.J. Stroud, okay, we're going to put some air under the ball. All of a sudden, then it was like stealing uh, because they had committed so many people to the run. I don't care if you're the University of Michigan who rushed the ball better against uh-huh. Iowa than we did, but it was a totally different defensive strategy in that game versus our game. Well, let's look at it then because when Penn State went into Ann Arbor, Michigan wasn't supposed to run the ball all over them because I believe they were a top five team against the run in the country, and yet Michigan had their way with Penn State. Now, if Iowa can stop our running attack, won't Penn State look to do the same? And if so, how do you attack Penn State's defense? Well, I think, I, I think that uh, the only thing that James Franklin and, and uh, Penn State can do is look at games like that, look at the Oregon game from a year ago, look at the Michigan game from a year ago, and see what did teams do to be able to slow down this incredible offense. And you know, they're going to have to do something different. I don't think Penn State's going to line up in vanilla. I think they're going to bring it. 
I think they're going to blitz like crazy. And we're going to find out how good their secondary is against our uh, receiving core. So, uh, and as we saw on Saturday, if they're going to bring that many people, just do the math. You don't have enough guys back there to block them if you're trying to throw the ball. So C.J. Stroud went to the screen game for the very first time all season long against Iowa, and those were some of the plays that ended up loosening up that defense. Jeff Logan, our guest here on the Kenny and JT Show, talking Ohio State football as he does each and every Monday with us. And, uh, Jeff, uh, I want to step aside a little bit from uh, Ohio State and talk about your alma mater, the Hoover Vikings. We did the the big game the other night. Hoover uh, was at Jackson and big rivalry game, sold-out crowd, Robert Feist Stadium, and it was a hell of a football game. Came down to about the last two plays, and the Vikings even – after they graduated so many kids last year, including your, uh, your nephew, they went out, they dominated uh, that game defensively, and uh, they get the win. They go 7-3 and three this year after winning the Fed last year. Yeah, they got started a little rough at the beginning of the season, I know, and they uh, give a lot of credit to the coach and the leadership of that football team. Um, I understand how big that rivalry is to uh, North Canton at this stage against uh, Jackson. You know, back 100 years ago when I was there playing, our number one rival was uh, Louisville. It certainly wasn't Jackson at that time, but I know for now uh, this Jackson rivalry is huge, and I, I, I give these guys um, all the credit in the world for winning that rivalry game at the end of the year with so many graduation. And I, as I understand it, pretty good quarterback and a pretty good running back on this football team. So uh, good luck in the playoffs. I see they're playing a Columbus-based team, uh, yeah. Licking Heights, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I did not get a chance to cover Licking Heights uh, during – my season here down here when we're doing Friday Night Rivals, uh, but it should be a good football game. But Stark County will survive. Yes, they will, and uh, it's a, a home game uh, for Hoover. They're the number six seed in D2 Region 7, so uh, a good chance for them to get uh, a victory in the postseason, advance to the second round. So congratulations to your alma mater and to all the teams in Stark County that made the playoffs. We'll go down that list a little bit later on. All right, as we look at the Top ten teams. It's one Georgia, two Ohio State, and then, it, in my opinion, everybody else. Is anybody making any ground on Ohio State and Georgia at this point? I really don't think anybody's making any ground, and we're going to find out if Tennessee is for real because uh, they've got Kentucky this week, and then I think they go to Georgia. So we'll find right. out if they're uh, contenders or pretenders. Uh, you know, the team up north has really met most of its challenges, and I think they are playing at a very high level. They had a bye last week. They've got Michigan State. That's a rivalry game. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm not uh, sold on anybody um, out west, including uh, the Oregon Ducks at this point, after what I saw against them in Georgia. So I think this is down to two elite teams. Uh, I think Alabama's got warts all over them. They've got a character problem there. Right now that uh, I think uh, uh, Nick Saban's got his hands full with uh, the personalities, the uh, five-star rankings, the NIL. I think he's got a mess down there right now, and I think George and Ohio State are headed to a uh, showdown for the national championship. Tennessee-Kentucky should be a good game, but I don't know how they're going to play that game because Tennessee doesn't have goalposts anymore, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, but they did a GoFundMe page. How about that? To, to pay for those goalposts after those kids spent millions of dollars Woo. in their stadium. So I hope they gave that money to charity. Uh, let's hope they did. Hey, Jeff, we always appreciate the time checking in with us. Uh, we'll do this again next Monday after the big game uh, at Penn State and move forward from there, all right? 
All right. Special hello to my mom, Gloria. I know she's uh, listening. And uh, go Vikings and go Buckeyes.